And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck him up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not gonna sing this time around. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Kavanagh. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing, or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Welcome to Football's Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> you know, even even after our conversation, I was explaining uh palm springs because I, I hadn't seen it and i'm really excited to see it but uh i was telling my friend that oh yeah it's basically like groundhog's day and i was like wait no it's groundhog day <laughs> but i still do it <laughs> no i'm sorry i apologize it is my fault it's fine <laughs> this is no problem i know how are you uh i'm good no no complaints except uh can't move <laughs> other than that i'm good no, no problems there um what about you i'm sorry man uh i am good i'm heading out for a camping trip this weekend with some friends so i'm excited it's at a lake house don't worry there's showers and there's a lake you just you shower in the lake see and uh yeah so uh it'll be nice to get out it's really nice weather up here and there we go i got a charity climb hike thing next the weekend after that, and I'm going to do Mount Rainier, not summit it, but I will climb up to Camp Muir. So stay right tuned. I'll donate $5 for every mountain you climb. Oh, cool. Well, I already climbed three, so that's $15. Well, I mean, that's that's pre-contract. That doesn't count. <laughs> Let's spit on it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm good, though, I think. It's great. What have you been watching? Um, so I watched uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights on Netflix. I haven't been watching that much, actually, because I've just been kind of busy climbing mountains and stuff and chasing waterfalls. But uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights held, uh, held up really, really well. I think it was really funny and it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I got the jokes way more now. I got them better, I should say, as as an adult as opposed to a kid. And then I have just been watching South Park. Uh, I'm on season like six and I'm putting on the background while I work and then just kind of watching episodes here and there. Still hilarious. And then I've been playing a lot of uh, the Rise of Rise of the Tomb Raider because it was the free game for PS Plus. I really like it. It's good. I really like Laura Croft. I like the story a lot. And I think we might discuss it a little bit on today's episode. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah spoiler. I've, I've beaten all the Tomb Raider games. Did you like them? Uh, yeah, I think my favorite is still the first reboot that came out in like 20, whatever, 13, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite. I like how they made her like gritty and, uh, like just with that ice axe and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Like when she kills someone for the first time, it's like a big deal. And it's very, uh, you know, a metamorphosis is taking place. You know, she, she switched on to survivor mode and it's pretty intense. Yeah, because, well, I didn't realize that this was the sequel, and so it kind of just jumps right into it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool, and she's just, she kills whoever she wants. She, someone blinks at her in the wrong in the wrong way, she'll kill him. I'm like, right. whoa! <laughs> Did you play intense. the one before it? No, so I oh. actually, I, I had it for 360, but uh, I never got around to it, 
and oh. I'm upset. I, I should play it. I, it yeah. uh, I've heard it's good. It is good. And then the one that you're playing right now is the second one. And that one was available on Xbox One first for a whole year before it went to PlayStation. Mm. Ah. I like it, though. It's good. Yeah. What about you? What are you watching? Um, I watched Palm Springs. Which was a lot of fun. I knew nothing about it. I had no idea what to expect. I, I honestly had no idea what the movie was about. I jumped straight into it. David sent a text on Friday saying, watch Palm Springs when you get a chance. Don't look at it. Don't read it. Don't do nothing. Just watch it. And I said, okay. So me and Randy watched it. And it was funny. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I had no, like like how you said it's Groundhog Day type movie. Uh, I didn't know that. And so watching it, I was like, what the hell is happening? But it was a lot of fun. And then I also watched uh, The Old Guard on Netflix, which was also a lot of fun. With Charlize. Yeah. And then I read, I feel like I read this yesterday, but um, there's going to be a sequel to Atomic Blonde and Netflix is going to make it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I was just dreaming. Oh, it could have been a fever dream. I don't know. I feel like I read that, though. <laughs> I'm losing my mind, dude. I have health problems. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is she going to be in it, do you think? Yeah. Oh, okay. Atomic Dirty Blonde. Yeah. That's what it's called. <laughs> Bleach Blonde. Yeah. She's one of those, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. I can't wait. I, I, I really enjoyed Atomic Blonde. I thought it was fun. I think mostly yeah. because of the music. It's uh, right in my element there with the 80s. Reach and, out and, and touch me. And and there's a lot of German 80s music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, rock me up my days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was pretty badass in that movie, too. Like, yeah, that scene where she's beating the shit out of everybody in the stairwell. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she killed people, you know. I know. For real. With, with, with an ice axe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Oh, man, I love her. She can do no wrong. I, I enjoy everything that she makes. I agree. Cool, man. Uh, are you ready to talk about this week's feature film? Man, I've been ready since I was born. Really? That's pretty good. No. Since I was like eight when this came out, but yeah, eight. Oh my gosh! Wait, <laughs> yeah, that's probably eight right. Seven, eight. Oh shit! I was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy smokes! <laughs> I was already making my bones. <laughs> 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 well, you were going out with cheerleaders. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Godfather quote for you, <laughs> Mo Green. He's a he's a real piece of shit. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're doing Mortal Kombat from 1995, directed by Paul W.S. Whiskey Samuel Anderson, uh, who is known for Resident Evil, Aliens vs. the Predator. There, you got Event Horizon, one of our favorites. We did a we did a podcast on that. Death Race and uh, the upcoming Monster Hunter movie. Uh, I don't know. Do you play Monster Hunter the video game at all? Yeah, so I bought it and Monster Hunter World, and I started playing it, but uh, it's a grind, man. It's just uh, it wasn't it wasn't really my thing. I liked it yeah. for a little bit because my buddy Jeff has it, and he's really good. So I was like, "Hey, man, help me kill this this monster." But then when I would do it, I'm like, "God, this is taking forever." Yeah. So I was like, eh, "It's not really my cup of tea." So yeah, I um I have it as well. I've I played a, a mall. Well, not all of them, but. A large portion of them. I usually get a couple hours in, then I just give up because I suck. But uh, I always enjoy it at first. And then uh, our company is actually making Monster Hunter figures. And I'm really excited about it. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, they look they look incredible. And I can't wait for them to come out in October, November. It'll be good. 
Anyway, the movie was actually just delayed. Uh, I think they announced it like two days ago. Again, could be a fever dream, but I'm pretty sure it got delayed until next year. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And his uh, wifey, uh, Mila Jovovich, who is also a badass on screen, uh, she is starring in the motion picture show. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. She's the she's the monster. Yeah. She's the monster <laughs> hunter. I'm just kidding. Get it right, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she's got these giant <laughs> wings that she attaches herself to, some giant bird feathers, and just goes flying and attacking everybody. It's like in uh, the Hellboy reboot. She played the, the main enemy, and she was really bad in that movie. That I movie was gar- I oh, didn't see bad. it. Don't... Yeah, just say, save your time. It's real bad. I like the first two with Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those were Guillermo movies. This was a not Guillermo movie. Put <laughs> <Yeah, but laughs> that opposite. on the box. <laughs> this is the opposite of Guillermo. <laughs> opposite. Uh, let's see here. Mortal Kombat. Written. Uh, looks like Ed Boon. Mortal and John- Kombat. Right. So in, in your notes, it says Ed Boon and John Tobias. No, no they did the video game. Did they have any writing credits for the movie too? So I didn't see anything, but it, it's just all over IMDb. I'm sure that they were consulted and stuff like sure. that. Some so of the, Kevin, some of the Kevin Drani is the is the screenwriter, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so they obviously did the source material. Um, but I was just curious how that worked out. Uh, but the film stars uh, the Highlander himself, Christopher Lambert, <laughs> Robin Shu, uh, Lyndon Ashby, who actually I will go on record saying uh, Lyndon Ashby was so awesome as Johnny Cage that he actually made him be one of my favorite characters. I never liked Johnny Cage until I saw this movie. And then I was like, well, shit, now I got to be Johnny Cage. Uh, then you also have um, Carrie Hiroyuki Takawa, um, who is Shang Tsung, Bridget Wilson Sampras. Sadly, it's not Bridget Wilson Cavender, but that's, that's a, it's a different <laughs> battle. Veronica Vaughn. Talissa <laughs> <laughs> uh, Soto and Trevor Goddard. Um, all very fun cast. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, Kerry Tagawa, he's he's such a badass, and he's so yeah. much fun, and he just hams it up in this role. And I can't imagine anybody else playing Shanks, and I think he's so cool. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, would you like to hear some critical reception? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want this to tarnish my childhood, so yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, okay. I'll hear it. <laughs> I'll hit you with a good one first. Yeah, from Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly. The guys in the recording studio who made the oof and the ah sounds are the ones who really had all the fun. Ouch. C plus. Yikes. Still passing grade, I guess. C plus. Richard Harrington from the Washington Post. You know, always professional. Likely to satisfy only the core audience already hooked on video and arcade games. And that's even not a sure thing. I don't know if that's true. I think that this is one of those movies because it's so fun. You don't necessarily have to be bought into the source material to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I think my sister is actually proof of that. Um, her and I, she took me to go see it, and she loved it. She never played a single game or a single Mortal Kombat game in her life. So, so let's just get Richard Harrington on the phone and tell him to take two steps back and fuck his own face because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I have a surprise for you, Justin. I have Richard on the line right now. <laughs> oh, my God, Richard. How you doing? <laughs> so great to talk to you and tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, let's see. David Hogan 
from hoganreviews.co.uk. Bad actors in lead roles, sometimes poor fight choreography, and extremely dated special effects. MK isn't a good film, but it does make for a good laugh with friends. When did he write that? He wrote it September 19th, 2019. That's not fair, then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the internet gives everyone a voice, Zach, and he has decided to use his voice (laughs) and Rotten Tomatoes as his platform to discuss his distaste in Mortal Kombat. Need some toilet paper because he's just he's just talking shit. So uh, I I don't know that that's hard. It's fourteen years after it was made. I I don't think that that's necessarily fair per se. Uh, no. So I I I think in terms of CGI, obviously the CGI is bad. But in ninety five, man, that was when like computers were just coming into mainstream media. Yeah, there's an there's an era, and I think the nineties pretty much <sighs> knocks it out of the the park with cheese ball visual effects like where where it's so computer generated that just looks video gamey and and Mm. terrible um like spawn it's it's sad (laughs) spawn i like spawn i like spawn too i like his his cape but i mean i think something like spawn uh did really well when it was the animated version that was on hbo you know and keith david Mm -hmm. was the voice uh that was really cool in fact I i would be so bold as to say that something like mortal kombat could actually do really well as an animated series as well, too. Um, that Scorpion's Revenge just came out. But you can get away with a lot more high-flying, you know, wire magic hocus-pocus in animated than you can in live action. Totally. Not to mention the gore factor. Um, it's hard to make uh, a mature-rated game into a PG-13 movie and still sort of capture the magic that is Mortal Kombat. It's one of those games where... It's because of this game, basically, that we have a rating system for video games. There was a congressional hearing, for crying out loud, where there's a nice man in a suit talking about how a man rips another guy's head off with a spine attached, and your kids are playing <laughs> it, and he's going to go to hell. And, uh, and I think that that's remarkable. Right. That's crazy to think. I know, right? Was that Jeez. the Bush administration? George H. Bush? Uh, yeah, that would have been, yes, prior to Bill Clinton, because the game came out in 92. Yeah. The arcade, anyway. Yeah. All right, well, most of these reviewers have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Did they even watch the movie? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean, like Kevin Thomas here from the Los Angeles Times, a martial arts action adventure with wondrous special effects and witty production design. It effectively combines supernatural terror and mythical slay the dragon, save the princess odyssey, and even a spiritual quest for self-knowledge. Kevin watched the movie. (laughs) He definitely did. He is is stepping in what we're spitting. He's he's one of the good ones. (laughs) One of the good ones, see? (laughs) Ah. So this movie had a budget of $18 million. Opening weekend, it knocked it out of the park with a whopping $23.2 million, and it grossed uh, $122 million worldwide. That's not too shabby. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. good. Sh- yeah. Uh, what do you got for me, Mr. Food Court? Food Court. Uh, Bridget Wilson Cavender performed all her own stunts, refusing to use a double, including the fight scenes. She dislocated her shoulder during one scene, but they were able to fix it on set without any recurrence. Good for her. 
Did she just bang it up against a wall like like rigs? <laughs> she they deleted the the uh, what do you call that straight jacket scene? <laughs> yeah. Um, Carrie. <laughs> Gary Hiroyuki Tagawa was the filmmaker's first and only choice for the role of Shang Tsung. Uh, he came to the audition in a costume and read his lines while standing on a chair. Shang Tsung was depicted as relatively younger in the film in order to avoid the excessive makeup that would have been required to duplicate his aged appearance in the game. And you're right. I thought he was so brilliant. I thought his deliverance of every line and just how how he was as a villain. I mean, you knew right away he was the bad guy. You're like, that's that's the main enemy. I can tell. Uh, he just he did a really good job, especially in Johnny Tsunami. If you ever saw that movie or not, but no, he's a good guy in that movie. But <laughs> um, originally, the character Kano was Japanese American. However, Ed Boon and John Tobias were so impressed with uh, how Trevor Goddard portrayed him that they re- uh, retconned Kano's history in the future games to make him Australian, which they thought was Goddard's nationality. They later learned that although Goddard gave Kano an Australian accent, Goddard himself was actually born in England, but had no. but had claimed to be of Australian descent. They bamboozled him. Yeah, he was, he's one of them actor types. <laughs> Playing make-believe uh, at all times. Acting. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun little facts there. Let me uh, jump right into a quick synopsis, and this is very quick, I promise you. So, Mortal Kombat is an ancient tournament that calls the greatest fighters from all realms in the galaxy to determine absolute control. Outworld, controlled by an evil emperor and his pawn, Shang Tsung, are one tournament victory away from total control. Earthrealm's last hope lies in the hands of, or hands and feet of three brave warriors. <laughs> you like that? I added that. Led by ancient god of thunder, Lord Raiden, the fighters' backgrounds couldn't be any more different. Liu Kang is a skilled martial artist who was training for the tournament, left, but was drawn back in to find his brother's killer. Sonya Blade is a tough-as-nails police... Is she a police officer? Or is she like a federal agent? She's like a special task force. She's that's, a... So, that was established to kick ass. Sonya Blade is a tough-as-nails special task force designed to kick ass that is thrown into the tournament on her hunt for crime boss Kano. Johnny Cage is an action movie star martial artist whose ego is bigger than his selfishness. I think I did that right. Yeah. The three work together to win their fights by defeating the likes of Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Kano, and the four-armed prince, Goro. Angry at how close the mortals are to winning the tournament, Shang Tsung captures Sonya and takes her to his lair. Johnny and, and Liu go after Sonya for, with the assistance of the emperor's daughter, Katana. Liu battles Reptile and the group find Shang Tsung. Liu and Shang Tsung face off in an epic battle for super ultimate winner of the Mortal Kombat. Liu is able to harness his energy and defeats Shang Tsung, knocking him into a pit of spikes for a flawless victory. Our heroes make their way back to the Earth Realm and... And as all is believed to be back to normal, Emperor Shao Kahn appears to tell the fighters their souls belong to him. Raid encounters, and our heroes are ready to defend Earthrealm one more time. It's time for our heroes to test their might in the game of Mortal Kombat. Sweet. Yeah. You know, I threw a little Easter egg in there. They never say Shao Kahn, but uh, since I'm an uber mega fan, uh, I know that Shao Kahn, who is the Emperor. Pretty good. I have a Shao Kahn action figure. Really? Yeah, sitting on his little throne. Pretty badass. Still in the box. I haven't got around to opening him yet. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need just to. Just out of arm's reach, too. Uh, I can't reach. He's like five feet away. So, Justin, um, you you like the Mortal Kombat there, yeah? I do. I, I've fought in like 18 of them. 
Is that why your, is that why your back hurts right now? <laughs> and my knee. Damn, dude, my left knee hurts. I think they're related. I think that my back hurts because I'm walking like an idiot because my knee hurts. <laughs> there you go. Probably. Oh, uh, what's so I just, wrong? I just gave my synopsis of the film, but uh, since you're a diehard MK fan, can you give me kind of like a brief synopsis of the history of the Mortal Kombat tournament? Because it's it's probably a little bit different than the games, right? No, it's, it's pretty spot on. Uh, there's a tournament once every generation, and if if the bad guys win 10 in a row, then they get to take control of Earthrealm. Because, see, there's like 18 different realms that are out there. There's like... There's like the Macy's realm, the fucking oh, McDonald's realm, and Outworld, and all kinds of shit. And so the Emperor Shao Kahn wants all the realms. And um, it just so happens there are rules in place. You gotta have rules, gotta have discipline. You're gonna go to the Wilkinson's home for boys with Kevin Bacon as the warden. It's gonna fuck your shit up. And, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's intense. And so Outworld has won nine uh, tournaments in a row. And so Earth can't fuck this shit up. Otherwise, um, Shao Kahn's going to take control of Earthrealm and merge it with Outworld, and it's going to be problems. We're all going to get a sick day, and it's going to be intense. And um, that's pretty much it. So you had like seven... Originally in the first Mortal Kombat game, there were seven fighters, and um, they were all on the quest for glory. And there wasn't much in the way of story because the game was more of a fighting game, and they didn't really care back then about stories, and you didn't really get like a cool ending unless you beat the game. And then it would just be like, three sentences of how cool you were and um <laughs> and it's it's pretty intense but when you beat shang Tsung, he actually retreats back to outworld and he goes like groveling to shao Kahn, saying sorry i fucked up and then um he becomes young again and um earth's heroes go into outworld to, to try and put a stop to everything and then and shao Kahn kidnaps sonya and and Kano, and they're like in chains in his arena, and it's really cool. But then Luke Kang goes ahead and wins again anyway. But then Shao Kahn's like, eat a dick, dude. I want Earth. And so <laughs> he merges the realms anyway and goes to Earth. And he even brings uh, Sindel, who was like the queen of Edenia. And that's also where Princess Kitana is from. And she comes and she screams so loud that she not only breaks mirrors, but she breaks your face and your flesh flies off. And, and it's pretty intense. But then Luke Kang, because he's such a badass, he beats Shao Kahn again, and then and then they keep making more games. So then the King's got to keep got to keep fighting. He's tired and he needs a break. And that's, and that's it. That's crazy. So I actually did not know all of that about it. I know Sindel and stuff with her hair when she would, like her fatality, she'd whip it around you and like pull your skin off and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, bad news bears. Yeah. Then they then they kept making games, and then eventually uh, in Deadly Alliance, um, Liu Kang gets killed, and it's sad. In the opening like credits, he gets murdered. He's got to face hell, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi in their deadly alliance, and then he and he dies. He's just really then, tired. All those victories. Dolph Lundgren's like, if he dies, dies. <laughs> yeah, he's the damn towel. Yeah, exactly. He can't he can't go around just kicking ass all the time. He got he breaks, and he didn't get any. I feel like kicking some ass right now. But that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, when did you first see the the 1995 Mortal Kombat film adaptation? Oh man, I saw opening day in the movie Damn. theater. Yes, you saw it with your sister. You said, "Uh huh." It was good. We saw it twice. So clearly, you liked it then. Uh huh. Absolutely. I've always liked Mortal Kombat. When it's did you uh, start? When did you what? start playing the game? 
uh, gosh, I was, let's see, 12 years old. I saw it for the very first time in a 7-Eleven uh, in my hometown at 29 Palms. When you first walk in, immediately to the right, there was this little, like, sort of kidnapping station where <laughs> if you wanted in there, you'd probably get taken. And uh, it's this little dark hallway. And they had it there. And I watched this big kid playing it. And then I watched him as Sub-Zero murder. Uh, I was either Luke Kang or Johnny Cage. It doesn't matter. But he ripped off his head and he saw his spine attached. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the greatest game I've ever seen. So then I sat there and watched him play for like 10 minutes. And then um, and it was great. The rest is history, as they say. Who are the Who are the original seven? Oh my gosh! Okay, so it'd be uh, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Kano, Sonya, Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Raiden. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Did you? When did Goro appear in the game? He is the second to last boss. Basically, you fight all seven fighters. You fight you fight the six, and then you have to fight yourself, and then you fight. Uh, like these two, like a two-on-one type thing. You gotta do that three times, and then you fight Goro, and then you fight your, uh, then you fight uh, Shang Tsung. Dang man, that's a lot of fighting. I know, shit. And in the arcade, there's no pause button. You just gotta sit there and keep playing, and it's stressful. <laughs> Are you a button masher or anxiety at, at that time, or did you were you tactile? Dude, I. You wanna hear how crazy I am? I remember getting the a move list on how to use everybody and we had a typewriter and i because my handwriting was so terrible i was afraid i wouldn't be able to read what i wrote so (laughs) i typed out the moves on these little flashcards and i just studied these little flashcards all the time so i knew all the moves that's so freaking cool man yeah (laughs) and then so when i went to the arcade I, i was that guy that knew how to do everybody's like fatalities and stuff yeah i never i never got hung up on how to do like their special moves. If I if I did it, then it's great. Like I knew how to do them, but I wouldn't rely on them uh, because when you start relying on the moves, then you're tend to get your ass kicked by some button masher. So my biggest concern was always just being able to pull off the fatalities. I know I played you that one time because you have that that box in your house, and I played you one time, and you're like, "Let me see if I remember this," and you did it. I'm like, "God damn it!" And yeah, <laughs> the, the arcade cabinet. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that was cool. But when I saw so I was a big Mortal Kombat fan, but but my exposure to it, like I played, I didn't play arcade per se, but I remember playing, I think, the first or second one. And then I was like, oh, this is fun. And then my brother and I, we had a Super Nintendo and we got Mortal Kombat three. So that was my biggest exposure to it. But around that time, I was a huge fan of of Mortal Kombat. And my friend, excuse me, his name was Jeff Lucci. And I used to go over to his house and we would like have kick kick punch fights and listen to the mortal con mortal combat soundtrack so you just hear this techno music coming out of the backyard and we're like air punching and shit and it was yeah. fun but sounds i loved i loved the movie when i was a kid i uh, did not understand it as much as i do now but i really loved just seeing all my favorites up there on the screen and raiden was so cool when he did all of his electricity uh scorpion and sub-zero seeing them was so cool you know the get over here and when they use actual uh, clips from the games and stuff. I thought that was really neat, but uh, yeah, uh, um, I really, I really enjoyed it when I when I first watched it. And I, I, I have to admit, this is the first time I've probably seen it in close to twenty years. So, did it, did it hold up? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <No. laughs> well, CGI aside, yeah. I mean, I, I really liked it. I still really liked it, and I, I think that the fighting was actually surprisingly good uh, for what it was. It, it wasn't super cheesy i thought it was actually pretty good so yeah 
Okay. So since you you are the video game expert, um, I'm just curious on what the formula for a good video game film adaptation is, because we've seen so many movies flop so hard uh, in the past. But what what do you think is like the formula for a good video game movie? Ooh, that's a tough one, because the thing with video games is uh, the a lot of time it takes to play through them. And it's hard to transfer, let's say, uh, any, any any game that takes more than 90 minutes to play might be hard to turn into a movie. You know, like if, if you're playing Metal Gear or something and it's a 10 hour journey or a 20 hour journey, like with Last of Us or something. And then to cram all that into a into a two hour movie is it's impossible and you shouldn't even bother. I don't think. But if it was like a long format storytelling where it's maybe like a 10 episode series, like a Netflix series or something like that, then I think you would have much more luck like how The Witcher did on Netflix. Probably a good way to explore a hundred hour game. You know, I think it's a good point because, yeah, because isn't Craig Mazin is developing The Last of Us story for HBO, I believe. But I think that's going to be like a mini series kind of. So that would make. Yeah, that's way better than trying to cram uh, all this lore and and dialogue and adventure into a 90 minute movie. That's 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 a tough sell. Yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. It's it's just like a book, too. That's that's why a lot of people are like, oh, the book is better. Well, I mean, but you're spending that time, you know, 18 hours, however long it takes you to read the entire book. And you are imagining what's going on. The movie is in your head. It's the head movies. And when when a director puts something out there, it's not going to be exactly how, how you imagined it going down in the book. And then plus you get a lot of studio interference. I mean, you know, they have to because the studios make the money. But uh, when you're playing a video game, you're that character. So like in Rise of the Tomb Raider, I saw the Alicia Vikander one. So I was I was thinking a lot about that one while I was playing this. But I was involved in this because I'm like, oh, man, I got to get this so I can beat Trinity because they suck. And I got to upgrade all my weapons and make sure I shoot the arrow and the rope and do this. And it was cool because it's a puzzle game. And that's why I really like the Tomb Raider games, because I like almost like dungeon crawl slash puzzle games. And uh, really enjoyed it. But in a movie, if we have Alicia Vikander solving the puzzle for us, we're like, hey, hang on a second. We want to do this. Right. But it's not as fun. Just, you, it's, not a, it's not as fun. You just you just can't do it, unfortunately. So I think you're you're 100 percent right. It's uh, it's just one of those things. Right. Now, um, like Resident Evil, that's we were talking about that earlier. That's another Anderson film. And that one worked for me because it was mostly in one location. You know, they were, they it starts in the mansion kind of thing and then they go underground and they're just trying. It's basically becomes like an extraction job. Right. And they just got to get in and get out. So there's a sense of urgency that exists in the movie to make it want to be short. You know, they don't have time to fuck around and they're going to die. And so I think that might be why the first Resident Evil works so well as a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them, you know, they definitely have a lot of liberties and, and that's yeah. cool. I, I never, I never necessarily want people to stick to the source material anyway, because I could always read the book, read the comic or play the game if I want the original story. So I'm, I am 100% okay with exploring new avenues, new characters and new adventures because I've already seen the other version. There's no excitement there. If I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and recently there's been some, some uh, video game movies that have done better, like Sonic the Hedgehog is the one that comes to mind or Detective Pikachu. Those all did pretty solid for the most part. I mean, they were 
they were good enough movies. I, I really enjoyed Sonic. Uh, I don't think it was like a masterpiece or anything like that, but movies that had a more intense story like Prince of Persia and Silent Hill, those were kind of flops. I liked Silent Hill, um, but I don't think the majority of, audi- of audiences really liked it. So I I don't know. It's The thing with video games is like, you know, there's the fans are so subjective and so toxic at times. I mean, look what's happening right now with uh, what's going on with the voice actors and such. Um, oh, goodness. What was the story? You know way better than I do. You're talking um, about Last of Us? Uh, yes. Yes. Where she yeah. was. Uh, yeah. Getting, you getting threats, death threats. Yes. I hope your I hope your family dies of cancer and all this other bullshit. Yeah. yeah. People are terrible. They're the worst. Like, that's that's so awful. And I mean, I can only imagine if, you know, when Craig Mazin makes this show, what what could happen? I mean, these these Uber Internet nerds are going to get all crazy. And it's just like, dude, take a chill. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's his interpretation of this. And right. like it blows me away that people have to be so toxic and so vile to people they don't know. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, a lot of these man child children wanted to like they wanted to date Ellie. They wanted to take her out for dinner and a movie, but it turns out she's gay and now now they're mad. God. You know, it's so stupid. I don't get it at all. And 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 the whole idea with with what happens to one of the main characters and how they feel betrayed and uh just crying in a corner and it's it's like, come on, dude, it's a video game. And first of all, it's not your story to tell. It's 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 a story for you to to hear and play and see, but it's not your story to tell. So just back the fuck up. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of people, they think that that's their property because they put, you know, 20 hours into The Witcher, 30 hours or however long it takes. I think The Witcher is way longer than that, but that's not theirs, dude. Like they can create their own story. But if you want to see the movie adaptation, like there's a simple solution is just don't go watch it. Just like Star Wars fans, Star Wars fans are so divisive and they're so toxic and <laughs> it's just hard to really please everybody. Yeah, that, and that's true. It is 100% hard. It's impossible to please everyone. And like for me, you know, a bulk of my job is is sharing things on social media and I announce A and the people are like, well, we want B. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> all right, maybe you can enjoy A for a minute and then I'll give you B. You know, and then I give them B and they're like, well, where's C? Hello. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Hi, I'll get you C in a minute. And so there's just no pleasing to everybody. And and it's really hard for me. Like, it was really weighing me down for a while because I'm just like, man, I can't please any of these people. And I give them what they want and they want something else. It's a gimme, 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 me, me, me. And it's exhausting. And so I as someone that was always like really excited about responding to every comment and having a good time and 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 engaging with people when i when i get like this this wave of 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 flack or heat or or hate it's just like fuck i'm just gonna go crawl into a hole right now and and not let anybody bother me and um it's it's definitely a journey so i I can't even imagine what it's like for these nice actors that are opening up their, their little social media feeds and seeing comments like you know i hope you burn a fire or something like that that's terrible Jeez, man. I know. Fans are the worst. The internet sucks sometimes. Very, very passionate folks. 
Yeah, that's true. But uh, you are also very passionate, but in a good way. Uh, so can I can I ask you some rapid fire ones? And yeah, uh, you it. have it written so you can look at it. All right. Who is your favorite Mortal Kombat character of all time? If there's a 1A, 1B, you can do that. Uh, what is your favorite fatality? What is your favorite Mortal Kombat game? Uh, and for what console? What needs to change in the game to make it better? If you had to make any change to any of the games or your favorite, uh, do you prefer to play it via arcade? Oh, I wrote that arcade PC, mobile or console. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, favorite character is Sub-Zero. Uh, favorite fatality is probably this one that Kung Lao does where he throws his little hat blade onto the ground and then he uses his boot to push someone's face into it while it's spinning. And it's oh my God. horrendous. <laughs> It's, it's it's cringy because like like mouth first into this blade and it gross makes, yeah it's fucking awful <laughs> and then the flip side of that is he also throws it down and then he grabs him by the legs and pulls him through it like a table saw and cuts him in, oh my in god yeah oh there's another one too that i just thought of that i think it's quan chi here he makes this this sword float and then someone walks into it with their mouth open so it cuts like through their teeth and their lips and the back of their oh. head and then then he lifts up their body and the sword just cuts them in half. Oh <laughs> my god. All those are pretty horrendous. But like they, they caught me off guard the first time I saw them. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty bad. And then my favorite Mortal Kombat game is probably Mortal Kombat 2. Um, and then what needs to change to make these games uh better? Um, my biggest complaint with the newest ones is these um these sort of like uh like bone breaking like half fatalities that they do where there's this animation sequence that takes place where they like break a leg or break a neck and, and just beat the shit out of, out of them. It's like a, it's basically like a, not quite a quick time event, but a, a small cinematic that plays when you're, when you're doing your special move and it takes like 10 seconds and it gets me out of the game and it drives me nuts. I wish it was like three seconds long so I could get back to playing, but you could literally set down your controller, grab a drink and watch your TV and then pick it up again. Because it takes so long and it just breaks, it literally breaks my timing and, and just my overall enjoyment of the game. Yeah, it looks cool the first time you see it, but when you keep having it done to you or you're doing it to someone else, it gets exhausting. And then as far as how do I want to, how I like to play it the most, um, I would say my arcade cabinets, my favorites, uh, but then console would be second. Okay. What console? Uh, it doesn't matter. It could be PlayStation or Xbox. I have it on both. Yeah yeah uh, i um i really liked cyrax a lot and again because my my game was mk3 so that was uh i think the first game he was in but i used to draw him i used to draw him all the time with this cool dreadlocks he, he reminded me of the predator kind of yeah but, uh, he looks a lot like the predator yeah and actually his fatality was one of my favorites in that game uh when he uh, opens up his chest and then all these bombs kind of come out and they fill up the the ground and scream or screen and then it blows up the world pretty cool it's like a self-destruct uh, my favorite yeah, MK game was MK3. Wasn't that Smoke that did that? Maybe it was Smoke. He did something. Cyrex did something. It was like Smoke, Cyrex, and Sector. They all did yeah. s- similar-esque stuff. Uh, I think one of them like picked him up and put him in his stomach and it like crunched him. Pretty gross. Yeah, but, like, uh, Sector had like the compactor and then he mm-hmm. also had um, like a crane where he would drop a big bomb down your throat. And then Cyrex had a helicopter fatality where he blades came out of his head and then he just chopped you up with those blades and then um i forget what his second one was and then smoke had a bunch of bombs and i think a single bomb yeah uh 
I haven't played any of the newer ones, so I can't really speak to what can make it better. But I've heard they're I heard they're pretty fun. Yeah, uh, for great. the most part. Yeah. yeah. Do you and then uh, I mean, I preferred to play it on console. Um, I would love to get into it. I'm just not a huge fighting game fan. But didn't they change the paradigm a little bit? So it's not just a, a fighting game. Isn't it kind of like a story now? Kind of like how Injustice was. Yeah. So uh, when Mortal Kombat 9 came out, it sort of rebooted the whole franchise and um, it took it to a whole new level. It's like if you were to watch it on YouTube, it would probably take you like two hours to watch all the cinematics, maybe even longer. Uh, because it's basically telling the story and you play through every character. Uh, you'll play each character for like three or four fights. And then it's as you're doing that, it's unveiling more of the story. And then Mortal Kombat 10 fast forwarded like 20, 25 years. And there's new characters involved. Some of the, some of your favorites return, but it focuses more on uh, newer characters. And then Mortal Kombat 11 continues that story. Okay. So if you were to jump back into it, you can do 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Uh, so the music, the music of Mortal Kombat. Uh, what did you think? What did you think of this movie in '95? Of the music? Oh, I thought it was great. Mortal Kombat, and then like the <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> How many nightclubs did you visit, Justin? That played oh, this dude. theme song. <laughs> they were playing it last night. What? Where? At Cafe Rick's in fucking Casablanca. It really was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Did did you get up and start air punching? And stuff? No, I got a bad knee and a bad uh, back. Fucking old. I need, my, uh, I, need my, I need my pills. It's kind of a joke, but name a more iconic soundtrack. I have a bunch. I know. Um, <laughs> it's not uh, the best soundtrack. <laughs> well, I mean, there's two cool songs on it. Um, but I mean, like, uh, score-wise, like, iconic, I would say, like, just Jaws in general, that theme song, just is tells you that there's this fucking shark in the water and <laughs> watch out uh dirty dancing uh that's like the number one movie of like all time in the 80s where every <laughs> single human being watched it six times in the theater and all the music was like really good oldies from the 60s and so that was great uh guardians of the galaxy same thing uses oldies music to help tell the story um and uh, I think as soon as you hear a song that pops on the radio that was in Guardians of the Galaxy, you like crank it up. You're like, oh, shit, this is from Guardians. Uh, Purple Rain is another one. Prince. Um, I think even like uh, I use other examples of like 8 Mile. Um, you know, that Lose Yourself in the Music, the Moment song. That fucking thing was on, a, on the radio a thousand times a day. And it got you into it. And you made you want to go to the clubs and do some fucking rap battles and be like, Aquaman, <laughs> and, then, um, and then I even put down the bodyguard because whenever you heard uh, the "I Will Always Love You" song, that immediately cued uh, bodyguard. Yeah, I agree. I think those are all really good choices. I didn't even think about Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that this this played its part, and it will always have a, a place in my heart, but. I was more being hyperbolic on the fact that it's a iconic soundtrack. Sure, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is. It is With one it, song, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all you need, just so you can punch dance. And but, then there's uh, that that one at the end too. That that orbital music. I forget. What yeah, it's called. Halicon, orbital Halicon, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, so, do you do you agree or disagree with these five reasons? And this, I took these from this channel I watch called Watch Mojo, which is hit or miss but uh they listed five reasons why video game movies fail number one they adapt too much or too little of the source material 
Yep, I agree with that. Okay. Number two, they make M-rated games PG-13. Yeah, I agree with that too. And that's interesting. I like your comment about the animated because uh, you're right. You can get away with so much more with animated. And when I think of Mortal Kombat, I think of fatalities. And so yeah. <laughs> when you when your fatality is like punching somebody in the face and then they fall over, that's kind of a lame fatality. Right. And then like Shang Tsung makes a black guy turn white. <laughs> I know. right? That's, that's, a, pretty that's a pretty gnarly. That's a pretty gnarly fatality. Um, when they when that when he's fighting that guy uh he started making like jaguar sounds i thought he was gonna do animality and so i was all excited when i was a kid because i'm like yeah he's gonna do it and then he didn't but (laughs) it was lame but you know where we do see animality in the second one we see when shao Kahn turns into what do they turn into turns into something and then Liu kang turns into a dragon and they fight each other holy shit i saw the the second one and i saw it one time in the theater and that was it yeah, it's so bad. This was terrible. It's really bad. There's a reason why a lot of the actors didn't make it for the sequel. They're like, nah, I'm sitting this one out. So yeah. <laughs> Luke Kang uh, is like the only returning one, I think. Yep, because James Remar uh, replaced the Highlander. So, um, Oh, that's oh, right. right. He's Dexter's dad. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, the plot is not faithful to the source material. Uh, oh, this is more reasons why it doesn't work? Yes, yeah, I sorry. Agree. Yes. So that one's interesting, though, because I think I think this is what happens with a lot of studio games. Things like Mario Brothers, which is terrible, and Double Dragon, which is terrible, and Street Fighter, which is terrible. They look studios look at things like, oh, wow, this is a, a highly, you know, one of the highest grossing games of all time. It's super popular. Let's make a movie out of it. Not knowing that, hey, maybe there's not any substance behind it because it's like Double Dragon, two brothers that fight the underground crime bosses and stuff, but then it have to fight each other for like the love of one girl isn't that pretty much what double dragon was sure like, yeah how do you make a movie out of that you don't and what you do is you make a video game out of a movie and you make way you more go. money <laughs> there you go and uh yeah it's um it's it's just interesting because i think the studio is like oh yeah this is a, a license to print things did you ever see assassin's creed the movie yeah i watched it oh so i fell asleep the first time i watched it and then I saw it on a plane uh, without headphones, and I hated it even more. <laughs> <laughs> the person next to me was watching it, and I just watched their screen. And I, I can't get into it at all. So I have, like, Voodoo and Google Play and stuff, my, my digital movie library. And I was looking through it one day, and all of a sudden, Assassin's Creed popped up on it. And I was flabbergasted because I do not own this movie. I've never seen it. But uh, I've, I've had it on there for about three or four years. I think they just gave it to me for free. One of the companies did. Uh, and I still haven't watched it. That's how much I don't care about it. I love the games. I think they're awesome. But I just am really nervous that it's going to ruin Ezio for me. Because he plays Ezio, right? No, he's a different character altogether. Oh, so he's not even like Altair or anything like, like somebody completely different. Yeah, he's someone else. Uh, no, thanks. So but see, right. now I can appreciate that, though. Because then it's a, it's a story that you haven't heard before. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a character that you played um, in the game for you to enjoy. That's true. Uh, let's see. He plays some guy named Aguilar. Hmm. Christina Aguilar. <laughs> <laughs> He's a genie in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Cal Lynch slash Aguilar. So 
So outside of the Animus, he is Cal. Inside the Animus, he is Aguilar. Animus. And that's another thing. Like, So I love the Assassin's Creed games, but I can't stand the whole Animus. It takes me out of it. Every me time too. I got to, like, you, you break your immersion when you're no longer in it. And you're set in, like, present day or something. And I think it's horrible and stupid and it's not my cup of tea. But as soon as I'm inside, I think it's great. Yeah, I agree. What's your favorite Assassin's Creed game? Is it Black Flag? Yes. Oh, I got a Black Flag. That's a good one. Um, I think for me, it was probably number three with Connor. I really liked oh, that yeah? whole, like, like that, that whole George Washington-esque thing. That, that was yeah. really cool. American Revolution. There you go. I saw Mel Gibson in it, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, number four for re- <laughs> yeah. reasons why video game movies fail. Uh, studio Intervention. Yeah, and that's the problem with everything, whether it be a comic book movie or a video game movie. Um, there's some dudes in some suits that think they know uh, right from wrong, and they are usually not correct. <laughs> Kids love it, see? But I mean, it makes sense. If you're, if I, let's just say that Mortal Kombat had an $18 million budget, and I gave most of that $18 million to you to make it. I'm going to have some input on what I think should happen. <laughs> I mean, you should. It's your money. So yeah. Right. So I think that that's fair. They, they, they should have conversations and then have a dialogue on what makes it work and what doesn't. But if it was on a topic that I know nothing about, then I would just have to keep my, my mouth shut. I wouldn't be able to say anything. But yeah. because, you know, and that's just the way it works. It's one thing to be an investor. Another thing to actually be a producer. A lot of people get, producer credits on movies and they didn't do anything. They just gave some money. Um, But you have to know your target audience. You have to know the material. You have to know what works and what works in a video game doesn't always work in a movie, which is why it doesn't translate well. Mm -hmm. Again, you have 90 minutes to tell your story when it could have taken you 90 hours to beat. And so it doesn't always, doesn't always work. And something like this, I think you had, a much easier time to to have that transition, especially because it leaves the room for so much like uh, extra material or sequels or whatever. Um, but that doesn't stop movies from being bad. Like the Street Fighter movie with Van Damme and Ralph Julia is terrible. It's an awful movie. It's pretty movie. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Ralph Julia is good in it, but... Ugh. But at the same time, yeah. when you're playing the game, it doesn't need to make sense. You're player one, I'm player two, and we just beat the shit out of each other and get to the end. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... Yeah, there's a story in there somewhere, but not everyone knows what it is. They don't know that that Raul Julia is in charge of this syndicate and that once he has his $1 billion from the 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 united nations and he's going to take over the planet it only costs a billion dollars to own the planet and so it's just a <laughs> stupid movie i don't know it's dumb but uh, yeah. there are some that could work and and i think that the the real trick is to find the format that works best and i would say that that is either an animated series or uh, a netflix uh, series as well something with a lot of production value that can get some talent and that can take their time in telling a story and laying down the foundation and the building blocks of an incredible story. And I don't think that that whether it be 90 minutes or two hours is enough time. Yeah. Well said. Very well. said. I mean, I mean, look at Lord of the Rings, for example, right? Mm -hmm. That's three movies. And when you watch the extended cuts, 
which oh, that's what we did over the week on Sunday. We uh, Sunday we watched all three Lord of the Rings movies. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it took it it's was, like it was thirteen hours, <laughs> I, but I couldn't do anything. I was I was laid up. I was just yeah, I literally couldn't even move. So I was like, whatever, this works. But I mean, twelve hours later, um, I got all the important stuff out of the book, and and it worked. Mm-hmm. But it took three movies and twelve hours of my life to get through it, and and that's what it takes yeah no i you're absolutely right that's why a lot of people complain about that oh the book is better well dude (laughs) you don't have four and a half hours and the clout that uh that this book has but yeah um studios man yeah fucking Uh, studios (laughs) yeah uh and then finally do you agree with this or not modern video games are basically movies anyways they can be yeah I mean, you look at your your Last of Us two, for example. That's a lot of lot of video watching. Um, you know, you're are you playing the game or are you watching the game? That's always a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, and another thing with that too is it doesn't always need to be cinematics. Like when you're playing Halo, a lot of the story is being told through Cortana and Master Chief as you're running and gunning. She's she's breaking things down for you and explaining stuff and. It's that way you're not limited to just cutscenes. You're able to get into the action at the same time, which I think is a lot of fun. So if you were to piece together some sort of all all the clips from a Halo game, it might not make sense because a lot of the gaps would be missing in that story because it's happening during gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's intriguing, too, with, with some of these games. Like, so Uncharted, we just got word today that they resume filming and it's, you know, finally after the whole director shake around and whatever, uh, it's starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Uh, that Uncharted is an incredibly cinematic game. I mean, all four of those are incredibly cinematic. It's like watching a movie, basically. And a lot of that had to do with upgrade, uh, uh, updated graphics and such uh, and next gen consoles and whatever. But um, it's going to be interesting how they adapt. Uh, adapt it because are they going to do an all new story are they going to take bits and pieces i mean i like little nods of things like in mortal Kombat, when johnny cage beats scorpion spoiler alert when he defeats scorpion and then he throws down his to my greatest fan johnny cage wasn't that one of his friendship moves or something in yeah yeah super cool i thought that was a fun nod um but you don't know if they're gonna create this entirely new thing and like kind of what you were saying with the michael fassbender assassin's creed it might it's it's sometimes better when they take liberties like that right so who knows i mean i I guess we'll we'll find out we'll find out in maybe a year's time when we're all not able to go to theaters still so right well (laughs) there there's that remake of mortal Kombat going on right now it's in post-production oh yeah Um, you were saying james wan right i don't know i think it's james i think it's james wan i think it took us well (laughs) um i don't remember who it is but um it's supposed to be a dark version, so we'll see how that plays out. Cool. I like it. Just like my coffee. Dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's all I really have. Um, just a, a couple other little things. I just thought it was it was funny because the, the, the tournament um, style of movie goes back pretty far. But, you know, like Enter the Dragon and I look at Bloodsport and Kickboxer and stuff that are really, really similar to the... Uh, who's who's a uh, rogue gallery of these fighters and they're all really unique and they come into this tournament and you have to win sort of thing. But I do like that. They kind of took that formula that's been tried and tested and they made the game, but 
Do you know if the game was inspired by those movies or was the game kind of a newer concept? Yeah, pretty much. Um, in fact, they even wanted Van Damme to be one of the actors in the game because uh, the the first three games, it's real people. You know, they just took a million pictures of them doing the moves. Oh, and yeah. that's why it kind of has like that choppy look to it. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's real people doing these these poses. And, um, you know, it's very much like like Bloodsport, you know. Okay, okay USA. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but Van Damme, uh, part of the story is that he's like, I don't know if I want anybody chopping my head off or ripping my heart out. Kind of stuff. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it didn't work out. But um, very much so. Uh, in fact, even Luke, the the actor that that plays Luke Kang in the first Mortal Kombat game, resembles the bad guy in um, Bloodsport pretty well. Really? Um, yeah. And uh, Tong Po. Yeah. And even when he like when he wins, he does like this crazy flex move. Yeah. He's like, ah! like screaming at the camera, <laughs> like, dude, calm your downs, and um, freaking me out a bit. And um, the what do you call it? Raiden, you know, he's he kind of looks like the uh, like the dudes in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm sure they got a lot of inspiration from all that stuff. Everybody steals everything from everyone. They're always stealing my one liners and stuff, walking around saying Groundhog's Day and shit. Yeah, I can assure you I don't do that. I'm always walking around singing Top Gun well, theme songs and whatever. Welcome to football's day. Welcome to football's day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh yeah. I mean I, I liked the fighting in this too. I thought the hand to hand combat was actually pretty good. Uh surprisingly. I thought it was it was I don't know. I enjoyed it. So I think the fight with Liu Kang and, and Katana is like in slow motion on the beach. Yeah. That one's a little that one's, weird. That one's pretty slow. But Scorpion and Johnny Cage was good. I That's thought. a really good fight. Uh even the even the Liu Kang and, and Sub Zero one seems a little mm-hmm. um slow to me at times. I mean, they have a lot going on. They're jumping and kicking and going flipping backwards and and making snowballs and stuff. So it's pretty intense. But um, I think that the Johnny Cage and Scorpion fight is the best fight in that uh, movie. I agree. I I thought it was really really cool. I really wanted to see Scorpion actually spear somebody and pull them over to him, kind of like how we saw Sub Zero free somebody. Yeah, I wanted to see an actual like get over here thing. Yeah. And then like awesome. Goro's like grunting. We're like, <laughs> it's like dude. He, yeah. Oh, and then there's like these two like buff bros that are just like screaming at each other yeah. and, and <laughs> stroking each other as they're watching Goro just kick <laughs> them ass. And then Goro! like when it keeps, it keeps showing like all these bodies just keep getting flipped into the rocks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like 20 people dying over the yeah. course of like 10 seconds. It's like, I get it. Goro's winning a lot of the fights. <laughs> Although a lot of them were the same people. So it's like he's fighting the same four people and just does the same move, a hip toss. Yeah. <laughs> hit B, hit B, hit B, hit yeah, B. Exactly. <laughs> it's like when um when Rooney comes into the house and Ferris's sister just kicks him in the face like three yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? <laughs> Those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Johnny Cage is a badass. Linda he was really good. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed his character in this. I thought he was, he was pretty good. You should go see him. But yeah, man, that's all I have on Mortal Kombat. Really, um, I really liked this movie, and I think the adaptation of it, uh, for for what it was, was was pretty good because the Mortal Kombat game was a pretty linear plot, like you were saying, the original one, and 
you didn't have a ton to go with other than those three lines at the end that say how awesome you are. So I think it was uh, it was fun to take some liberties. And actually, Paul W.S. Anderson, he was so nervous about this movie that he went to Hawaii during opening day because uh, he didn't want to, you know, hear the bad press and stuff. And he was surprised that it opened up very successfully it made like 10,000 or 10 million more than what it uh, what the budget was. So, yeah. But yeah, big deal. I mean, yeah. that was an era where kids were going to grow up to be murderers because of rap music and video yeah. games. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I haven't murdered anybody yet, and I listen yeah. to Tupac all the time. So That's a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just the world we were living in. Parents know, stomping right? on cassette tapes and CDs and video games. <laughs> the parents are like, which bloody video game do you want? Do you want this bloody one or this yeah. bloody one? Yeah. And then remember Nintendo, um, when they released the first Mortal Kombat game, there was no blood. And some of the fatalities were, were changed a bit. Yeah. Uh, Sub-Zero froze the person and then punched it. And then they they broke apart. Yeah, that was that's a lot different than ripping your head off with a spine attached. And then uh, Liu Kang, he uh, he does like the super cartwheel kick thing and then punches you in the face. Say Johnny Cage, he would um, he had a move where he did the shadow kick into your chest and you died, mm-hmm. which was weird. Uh, Kano rips out your heart, but there's nothing in his hand. <laughs> that's just, so stupid. He, he just infects you with his unwashed hands. Gross. He doesn't sterilize. He just inserts. COVID. Yeah, he just, he just like licks his hand and then punches you in your chest. Gross. And, and uh, pretty gnarly. That, that one you're gonna get sick over time. That's a yeah. that's a damage over time sort of thing. There you go. Wasn't there a blood code you had to turn on? That is on Sega. Sega had a had a blood code, um, but Nintendo did not. One did not exist. That's Plenty so of rumors crazy. on the playground, but one does not exist. And then in Mortal Kombat 2, um, that one did have all the blood and fatalities from the arcade. Nintendo, uh, they learned their lesson, and people were mad, and uh, they opted to to port it proper. There you go. Uh, what is your letter grade for MK95? Oh, I'd give it a B. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I I think I would give it a B minus. Um, I know I was kind of dogging on the effects thing, but it did at times take me out of it where I kind of feel like they could have used practical effects like for reptile and stuff. I thought it'd have been fun if they used a little more practical effects, but um, otherwise, no, I, I, I liked it. Um, I wanted to see they were definitely setting up for a sequel, like they had Jax in there and stuff. And uh, I was I was very curious on where they would go from there. But we flopped really hard with Annihilation. So no one ever needs to see that movie. Yeah, no one ever needs to see it. It's it's god awful. But yeah, man, that's all I have. Do you have anything else to add about Mortal Kombat the movie? I don't think so. I think I'm good. Or the game. Wait, real quick. What's the what's Sub-Zero's finisher? Uh, What are the controls for it from your typed out notes? Oh, oh. (laughs) uh, I guess it would be toward down toward the high punch, I think. <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do that next time. I'm gonna go to 7-Eleven, put some quarters on the machine, I'm yeah. lo- lower my sunglasses, and cross my arms and make I got next. Yeah, See what happens. Put your quarter on the screen. <laughs> be like, here we go. There you go. This is happening. Yeah. This is gonna yeah. happen. This is gonna happen. Um, cool, man. All right. Well, uh, if you don't have anything else, Dad, do you want to take us home? You're better sure. at it. Than I am. No, you're amazing. 
just no. like this podcast. Thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us, and we'll talk about how crazy you are, and, and maybe point and laugh, because your idea of movies is terrible, just like sex. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, <laughs> but feel free to tell us what you think we should watch next. Um, happy to appease you. It's all about you, not us. Um, just don't be crazy. Uh, be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and myself, where we have a lot of fun talking about what's going on in the world of entertainment news. And then you also have the Pixelated podcast with Stephen K. James, where he talks about the video games, and it's amazing. And uh, I guess that's it. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you so much. <laughs>